Hello and welcome to the first episode of Bandmasters Side Note Series. My name is Don Stinson. I'm the host of the Bandmasters podcast. The Bandmasters podcast was originally intended to be long-form interviews to highlight and share the careers, philosophies, and stories of some key players in the band area of instrumental music education. The original Bandmasters podcast will continue on in its current form with a focus on band director interviews. That being said, I'm excited to announce a related series entitled the Bandmasters Side Note Series. Episodes posted under the Side Note Series title will focus on broader topics that could be helpful to musicians and music lovers everywhere. At the time of this audio and video recording, it's March 2020, and many music teachers and students are away from classrooms and schools due to the coronavirus pandemic. It's my hope that these episodes will help teachers and students everywhere as we navigate through uncharted territories of e-learning. My first episode of Side Note Series features Dr. Charlie Mangini, who happened to be my college band director. Uh, Charlie Mangini is the host of Band Talk with Charlie Mangini and Friends, available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And Dr. Mangini was actually our sixth guest on the Bandmasters podcast, and I'll put a link on uh, the description of this to his interview from 2015. This first episode, Dr. Mangini is going to talk about how and why we should begin putting actions to our dreams and ambitions, and how right now might be the perfect time to start that project we've all been thinking about. Please enjoy this first episode of the Bandmasters Podcast Side Note Series. Good afternoon, Dr. Mangini. How are you? Hello there, Mr. Stinson. It's great to be with you. Thank you. Great to see you. Hope you're doing well. And then thanks for uh, meeting with me virtually today. I know you're you're in a different state than me, but it's nice for us to connect online and, and hopefully provide some good content to our uh, students at Joliet and, and anybody else that happens to, to hear this. Well, I think, Don, I think you and I and the entire world right now are, are in the state of confusion. Uh, But uh, geographically, yes, I'm in a different state. I'm in Wisconsin and you're in Illinois and it's great to be with you. Great. Um, well, I think the, the focus I wanted to, to talk about today and ask you some things about, um, is, is I always think about a quote back when I was a student of yours and, and there was something I heard you say a few times and that was that no one asked you to lead. (laughs) <laughs> and that always that always stuck with me because I took it as a sense of, um, you know, no, no one asked you to lead. So if you are going to do something, make sure you're doing it right. Make sure you're being effective with it in, in a positive way. Um, and, and it has helped me start a few projects there. And I know you've got a new project going on, which is your, your new pa- uh, podcast called Band Talk. And I thought this would be a great conversation for us not to talk about necessarily how to start a podcast or how to, to start composing, but in, in general, just how to start a, a project and how to see a, a dream or an idea um, through to, to completion and, and potentially satisfaction. Yeah, that's, that's a great question, Don. I, that's a great question. I think... Uh, you know, it always starts with an idea, starts with a dream, starts with a thought. Uh, really, I would like to do this. Um, and then the problem that most people have is that they look for the perfect immersion point. I'm going to wait until I get this exactly right before I do anything. And after having done this for many projects, I found that 
there is no perfect immersion point. There is an immersion point. There's a place where you start and you start with the limited amount of information or the that you have. You have a lot of you have a lot of interest and a little bit of information, right? And sometimes you have a, a small skill set that kind of goes along with it. You start there and you just uh, go slow and you trust yourself and you and you keep going and it's it's one thing at a time and 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 you use your network. You use the people uh, that you know, you ask questions, um, you, you try to solicit advice, you, you take it all back, you dissect it, you go with your gut, and, and you do the right thing. You know, the, the whole thing about no one asked you to lead um, kind of comes from a, a thing I taught when I talk to teachers a lot. You know, nobody ever asked me to be a band director. I wanted to be a band director. So consequently, I, I better do it right. No one's going to come up to you and say, hey, Don, I want you to be my leader. That, that ain't going to happen. What's going to happen is that you're going to do something, you know. Uh, in, in our case, you know, when you started your podcast, and, and I thought it was fantastic, and it is a fantastic podcast that you, that you have going, and I'm so proud of you for doing Thank that. Thank you. And then, and then this past December, I, uh, I had, was approached by a, a good friend of mine, Saul Friedgood, president of Eastman Musical Instrument Company. So, so uh, he said, you need to start this podcast. And I said, Oh, that's, yeah, kind of interesting. And I immediately thought of you because of your podcast. I'm like, geez, I'm not, I'm not sure I can do this. You know, it sounds like a lot of fun, but I don't know. So I started then. It was probably early January when I started. And it took me three months before I had enough information, skills, technical knowledge, whatever, to give it the first go. You know, and the first podcast was really well received. It's kind of rough. Second one was a little better. Third one's better. It's going to get better as we go, you know, because the more we do things, the better we kind of get at it. So whether you're a high school student or a middle school student or a band director and you're deciding, geez, I would really like to do something, the the answer is then do it, right? The old Nike, just do it. Just start somewhere and, and you'll learn from it. You'll make some mistakes. It, it's like, uh, I want to learn to play a piece of music. Okay. Um, uh, geez, I don't know how it goes. Okay, well, find a measure or two that you can play and play that and then start start connecting the dots to it. Put one measure ahead of it, one measure behind it. Start as, as many, many ways as you can, you know. Um, so I think it's a matter of just starting, just finding a place and jumping in the water. Can we talk about the first episode then? You said it's a little bit rough. Do you think one of the other hangups that people often have is that they, they think that first product or the product will not be good enough? You know, and and how do we get if if so, how do we get past that? How do we get past the point of like, you know, either embarrassment or awkwardness or, <laughs> or shame about what we're putting out to the world? I got a good friend, Steve Horneman who was a high school band director a long time ago at, at uh, Conant High School in Chicago. And then he retired most recently from Brebuff Jesuit Academy in Indianapolis. Brilliant guy. And, and he said to me, he said, Charlie, there's a point in time in every artist. And, and I have to believe that, you know, to some lesser or greater degree, we are all artists. He said, there's a, there's a has to be a point in time when every artist has to take his brush and set it down and say, that's the best I can do at this time. Hmm. And I think that's the way, that's the way it is. I mean, I know you, you have the highest standards of, 
any young man I've, I've ever met. I mean, you, you're driven. You want it to be better. You want it to be the best for your kids. You want to do the best job that you can. I mean, that's just who Don Stinson is. You're, in many cases, you aspire, as many of us do, to be perfectionists, right? And, and so um, uh, we're afraid that it won't be good enough. And, and so, uh, but over time, having repeatedly done things, it will never be perfect. I used to have a, a saying in my band room, you know, excellence is the byproduct of the pursuit of perfection. Right? And that's kind of what excellence is. Okay. So we strive for that and we don't attain it, but it's still good. I mean, even the nights that Michael Jordan didn't score 50 or 60, he was still a hell of a basketball player. Yeah. Right. I mean, he still was the top of his game. So, it, you know, you have to do the best you can. It's funny. So my, I'm thinking back now, my first episode of my podcast that I put out, the uh, first three episodes, I went through the entire episode three times. I cut out every single um. I cut out every <laughs> single breath, every single, you know, tick mark, things like that. And I'll never forget putting that out very, you know, like still not pleased with it. And then I got to, I think, episode four or five. I said, I'm not doing that. This <laughs> I said I've got the kind where let's let's see how it goes without you know uh, uh, doing all of this extra work that that I didn't want to do the work on it, um, but you know that that's just interesting. So when you put out that first episode, you say it takes three months, and if we can apply that to something else, you know one of the things I always talk to my kids about is that in order for you to actually move a project along, you have to find the next step, which might be the first step of it. Right. So let's let's say you've got a project that you're looking at to, to you. And if you want to use the podcast as a sample project or, or maybe the, the method book that you, you co-wrote, something like that, what would the first uh, step of any major project be? Oh, boy. That's really a, that's a great question. And that's a hard question. <laughs> uh, the first step of any major project Again, I, it's going to sound simplistic, but it's sure. just to do something, what, whatever that something is. Um, in, in my case, I mean, if we want to talk about the podcast, I called a couple of people that I was uh, uh, introduced to, and I started asking questions. And they gave me some information, and I kind of researched that information. And, and at the same time, I'm, I'm kind of formulating, you know, what, what I want to do. Um, so, uh, but I think, I think you just have to start somewhere. You know, if, if you've got, if you've got high school students listening to this, some of your kids from the wonderful band you've developed at Joliet, probably the biggest thing for them is that they, they all want to do something. They want to play their horn better. Maybe they want to compose a little something. Maybe they want to do, they want to be able to read rhythms better. They want to be able to increase their range or whatever. Uh, those are all wonderful aspirations. And I think the first thing that every one of us has to do is we need to be very honest with ourselves. And, and we need to write down a list of the things that we feel we do well. Now, education is not something that ingrains that into us. We don't, because education is full of red pens and errors <laughs> you didn't do this that was a wrong note you know play that was out of tune but but what we have to do i think in order to grow and I, i'm kind of picking up on this more as i get older is that we really have to identify ourselves 
identify in ourselves those things that what are our strengths what are the things that that we 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 maybe have been told other people have seen in us and and it's not to drink our own Kool-Aid that's exactly not it but you identify the things you do well and then you identify the things that you don't do as well and and so I don't like to call those weaknesses then it's not a weakness it's more unfamiliarity it's more lack of knowledge mm-hmm. and and so I have to look at that lack of knowledge things and I have to have to say okay which one of those can I work on first and as I work on those those slowly evolve from the from the not being one of my strengths to kind of gravitating into being one of my strengths as my knowledge base increases so I think it's a matter of identifying the things that you do really well, that you know you do well, and then uh, using those things as your building blocks. There's a, you know, it's funny you say that because there was another quote I remember from you that I, I thought about the other day, which is um, you told us in a band rehearsal once that you were the world's greatest procrastinator. You said, you said you will work and work and work and work and work. But sometimes the thing you have to do is not the thing that you're actually doing. You're <laughs> that's right. And, that's, and that usually comes out of two things, fear of failure or fear of success. And you know, that's a perfect – that's actually a perfect segue because that was going to be my next two questions. Let's say we get um, a project out there. And the first thing that happens is we do our best on that project. We, we, we have the idea. We get the team going. We, we have a great focus topic. We, we execute the project. It gets out there. You do the best you can. What happens then if, if you put it out to the public and no one likes it? Well, you just reevaluate and you, you probably have to start over. Do it again. You know, figure out what you're going to do. Uh, First of all, no, it'll never be a situation that nobody likes it, that everybody hates it, unless you've, you know, uh, said bad things about your own family or something sure, or somebody sure. else's family. I mean, no, there'll, some, there'll be somebody there that likes it. There may not be a great, a great overwhelming uh, uh, riff of support for it, but there'll be some people that like it. And then you have to say, okay, what did they like about it? And what did I do well? And what can I do better? You know, I remember finishing conducting the Midwest clinic with the Vandercook band. And I was at my favorite, you know, you've, you've been there with me, my favorite little Italian hang, Tufano's. And I'm sitting at the bar with Gary Green. And we're having an adult beverage. And, and I remember Gary, and, and I love Gary because he's just so on top of it and so honest and so direct. And, and he goes, so Charlie, he said, tell me how you like the band. What do you think of the band today? And I said, Gary, I really love their sound. And man, he spun on me and he put his <laughs> finger in my mouth and my, my, my nose. And he said, and that will be the death of you. And I said, what? And he goes, that will be the death of you. The day that you're, that you're complacent, the day that you accept that sound as being the sound is going to be your death. He said, because there's a better sound out there and it's your job to find it. And I'm like, whoa, okay. So it's kind of that way with everything, with a podcast, with playing my trumpet, with conducting a band. I got to continue to get better. I got to keep mm-hmm. that journey going. So, so I think then it's the a fear, fear of failure, right? The other side then is what what happens if it's a, uh, a success? Because I think some people think you put a project out there, it's a uh, success, you've done it, yay. 
But what actually happens then is, is there, uh, as someone who has, has completed some things and been successful on things, is, is there that sense of satisfaction that we all think that we're going to have? Or is there maybe a drive to do more? What, what happens in your head with that? Well, actually, I, I think it goes the other way. Uh, and I think this holds a lot of people back, is not the fear of failure, because we fail all the time. Mm-hmm. It's the fear of success. Because with respect, with success comes responsibility. If I play it this well now, I'm going to have to play it this well all the time. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to lose my status. Right? If I put out a good product now, I'm going to have to put out a good product all the time. If I if this if this composition was this great now, my next composition's got to be that great too. Right? And and so we go. It's a f- if I succeed, then then man, I'm gonna I'm gonna be held accountable by a lot of people to to continue to perform at that level, and and maybe I'm not sure that I'm up to that task, mm-hmm. and I think that prevents a lot of people. Do you think that ties into the the next thing I'll ask, which is uh, I shared with my band once that I said I have something that I, I call uh, finishing line syndrome. I said I, I will spend months on a project. And I will get it 99% done to the point where all you have to do is press submit, whether it's a, <laughs> it was a term paper for my master's program, whether it was uh, at home, I was redoing a family room and I had one piece of trim to put on the floor. That was it. One piece of trim. And for some reason, I noticed in myself that the last 1% will say, for some reason, it, I really had to convince myself to actually finish that project. I shared that with my band once and a lot of them were like, Oh, that's, that's me too. That's me too. What do you, what do you think about that? Well, I'm not asking you to be my therapist on no. that. I'm just wondering. <laughs> <laughs> no, I share that. I, you know, I, I think the thing is if I get it done, then I won't have anything to do and I won't, and I won't be needed. I need to be needed. We all need okay. to be needed. There's this feeling that, that man, if, if I get everything done on my to-do list, and nobody needs me. Mm. So if, if I've got things that I know I have to do, then at least I've got a reason to do it, even though I procrastinate it and I don't get it done. You know, so I, I think I think there's that. It's, I think there's okay. that whole thing of like, like, uh, I mean, man, if I if I get this done then nobody needs me. And uh, so speaking of needing, then, I mean, as, as we kind of go on with this, what do you think? Like right now, we've got a, an interesting situation with a, with kind of a, a global pandemic going on. What you know, and we have we have at least in my world, I have high schoolers at home right now that, you know, all of a sudden their senior year, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year is is put on pause. So it's kind of funny in my email. Now I'm getting a whole bunch of kids that are like catching up on college applications, et cetera. Um, but is there anything you can think of right now in terms of, of I don't know, maybe skill sets, projects or, or ambitions that maybe we, we need or, you know, kids today maybe, um, you know, could begin looking at like what, what, is, what is a good thing to do right now when you've got the time? I, I think for younger kids. I think this whole um, having to learn from home, having to do their education from home, uh, makes them wish that they probably took 
and paid better attention in some of their other classes <laughs> when they had the opportunity. Makes me wish I paid better attention in well, <laughs> some whether it's, meetings. <laughs> yeah, whether it's technology, whether it's reading, whether it's writing, whether it's, I mean, it, it's, it's really, you know, calling on them, calling on all of us to use a, a different skill set than we use in our normal life and, and to adapt to it. I think the young kids will probably adapt to it better than us old folks will, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. I think I, I think they're going to be fine. They're, you know, they're worried, and and um, um, uh, we're all worried, right? But but you know, they'll get through it, and you know, they'll be our age, and they'll look back and go, "I remember when I was in high school, and this <laughs> sickness came, and you guys don't know how lucky you are." And I mean, they're just starting to get their speech that they're going to give their kids. Uh, uh, in 25 years. Absolutely. Well, great. Well, thank you very much for, for sitting and uh, talking with me today on this. It's awesome. And, and uh, again, I hope we, we at least give some encouragement to people out there where if you've, you've got something you're thinking about, you know, to, to go ahead and take that next step. Um, just to put you on the spot, I know the podcast is the current thing now. Um, yep. Is there anything you've also thought about maybe in, in the future that you'd like to get going uh, on I, you know i'd like to get a uh, get a book going uh yeah i do i do a lot of these presentations for state music educators and school district and services things and i've got a lot of uh outlines that i kind of i always work from an outline and uh, i'd like to take those outlines and maybe expand them a little bit um uh, haven't started it yet you know uh, because i've been procrastinating <laughs> <laughs> because I feel if I start, then I'm going to have to finish, and then I'll be responsible and all that side of thing. Yeah, I'll do it myself psychoanalyst here, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I, I, yeah, you know, I think I think one thing I I would like to to close on is a in my third podcast, my latest podcast, I I opened up with a little uh, sermon, if you will, talk mm-hmm. a little bit about uncertainty, and that we've always dealt with uncertainty. You know, uh, we were uncertain the first time we held that instrument, uncertain if we could ever play it. We were uncertain when we went to college, uh, if we could make it. Uh, We were uncertain when we took our first job, if we could ever do it. You know, we've been faced with a lot of uncertainty. You know, the the difference with this coronavirus is that everybody's facing this uncertainty at this time. So there's really nobody that I can call and say, hey, tell me what you think. Yeah, uh, because because they don't know either. They don't know any more than we do. But I said, and, and I think this is really important. I think what drives us, and ultimately drives us, is that throughout your life experiences, whether you're a a, a senior in high school, a freshman in high school, whether you're a 35 year band director, whether it's just your second year, whether you're a college music major, whatever drives you, is that you have had a set of experiences in your life. And through those experiences, you have that list of things that you know you're pretty good at. You have a knowledge base that you're pretty good at. You may not be the best at it, but you're strong with it. You can do these things. And I think those are the things that sit in the back of our head that tell us, if I, if I use those skills, if I use those talents that I've, that I've already accumulated, I can get through this. You know, and it kind of helps us to deal with that uncertain time. And um, that's my two cents on. But, you know, so we're going to all get through it. There's no question about it. Well, thank you. Very helpful. Because, yeah, that's and then that's been 
again, a very interesting point with this where everybody literally is on the same page with that right now. Yeah. And as I've talked to, especially in the music world where we're, you know, all of these peak musical experiences that we were supposed to have with with um, trips and, and concerts and uh, awards banquets, etc. To just put a pause on all of that right now. It, it has been very fascinating because I know a lot of our students have said that they have looked to their teachers and, and, and directors for guidance. Um, and this is, this is one of the, not that I always had the right answers, but this is one of the times where I've, I've literally told some kids, I don't know right now. Right. You know, right. we're, we're, we're going through it together. Here's what I think, but honestly, I don't know. Yeah. You know, one of the things that you were just mentioning this and kind of bring this whole thing around full circle for us is I remember getting a call from you when the idea invitation came up for you to take the band to go to New York. Obviously they haven't gone yet and they are going to go at some point. Right. But I remember the uncertainty in your voice. Can I do this? Can I raise this money? Can I, can I get the kids prepared artistically? And, and I remember when I told you that I said, yes, you can just start. Well, how do I do it? Just start somewhere. Just go. You said, how do you eat an elephant? Yeah, right. One, <laughs> that's right. One bite at a time. And, and that's kind of the way it was. And, and yeah. unfortunately, and I feel so bad for your kids that that didn't happen. But, you know, it's going to happen for them. It's going to happen for the program. Well, yeah. And we talked about it, too, you know, with the kids. And again, it was kind of a teary conversation. But, you know, I said we would definitely do it again. We would go raising a six figure sum and doing all of the work for it. But you were exactly right. It was, it was that, you know, do it one bite at a time, one step at a time for these, these huge, huge projects. And and the growth that they had as a result of that process to get prepared, the things that your students learned that they can recall on how they grew as people, how they grew as musicians, how they grew in trusting each other, those are things that are going to last them the rest of their life. They'll probably be much more impactful for them than seeing the Statue of Liberty yeah. or playing on a, on a famous stage in New York because these are things that they have lived through and experienced. And, and, I, and I'm convinced that it's the process. You know, uh, uh, when I talked to Gary Green recently, he talked about the fact that, you know, the real knowledge comes in the pursuit of trying to find the answer to something else. And along the way, we discover all these other things that are out there, you know. And and maybe to kind of put a little humor to this, there was a great pop psychologist many years ago, Leo Boscalia. And he was, a, he was wonderful. He was just fantastic. And this is probably in the late 70s, early 80s. And he talked about uh, the dog. He had a dog and he let the dog outside and the dog was running around and he couldn't find the dog. And he knew that the dog was going out to do his business, but he couldn't find the dog and he chased it. And finally, he says, I got behind a bush and lo and behold, there was my dog. And there he took his poop. <laughs> and he said, but right next to the poop was the most beautiful rose I ever saw in my entire life. And he said, so had it not been for the poop, I'd have never saw the rose. That's kind of the way we are right now. Exactly. Well, thank you very much, sir, for taking some time out to talk with me. God bless you. you Be well. Thank you.